0: together the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies may have inspired it uh today on the show we are going to be doing a really cool indie film uh, but before we get into that uh, i just wanted to talk about a few things that we got going on here uh first of all as always make sure you are subscribed to piecing it together thank you so much to everybody out there who is already subscribed uh thank you so much for your support uh, but if you're not subscribed yet, you could subscribe on pretty much any podcast app out there. You could also rate and review us on iTunes, and uh, we really appreciate that. We're just a small, independent podcast, and we're just really enjoying doing it for you guys. And uh, we just want to get uh, get that feedback, make sure people are listening. And uh, as always, we, we'd love to hear from you, so definitely get in touch. You can follow us on social media, at PeacingPod. You could also uh, go to our website, peacingpod.com where you can email me uh, and you can also sign up for the email list, which I recommend you do because we're going to be doing some really cool giveaways pretty soon. Um, And that's how we're going to be selecting winners and all that. So definitely make sure you're signed up for the mailing list. Uh, You can also get in touch by joining our Facebook group, piecing it together, a movie discussion group. Um, We've been having a lot of fun in there and we'd love to get you all involved in it. So definitely come join the group, get involved talk movies we'd love to have you there um, last week we did a special episode uh, where I just shared an episode of my other podcast Bird Road um, so I hope you enjoyed that I hope you also check out Bird Road uh, That's another show that we do here on the All Points West Network Um, actually me and Q the, the host of Bird Road we're going to be traveling next week to the podcast movement convention in Philadelphia we are really looking forward to that. We're looking forward to meeting a lot of uh, other podcasters and just lots of cool people. I also have a few interviews lined up already and also we're gonna be going to some events and stuff. We're actually gonna be hosting a meetup. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. We're we're really looking forward to that. And you know, this show we're we're now on episode eighteen and uh I think after podcast movement, that's when this show is really... I mean, I'm going to start really kicking into high gear and just starting to do all kinds of things to make sure this show is getting heard and start revising it and making it the best show it could be. And that's why, once again, I just want to remind you here at the top of the show before we get into this episode, we would love to hear your feedback because as we continue to grow, we're going to continue to try to make the show better and better, and we definitely want to hear from you. So with that said, let's uh, go into this new episode today. Um, today we're actually going to be looking at a, uh, an indie film called In Memory Of by director Eric Stanzi. Um, I'm going to be talking with Chad Clinton Freeman, who is returning to the show again uh, about this movie. He actually brought this one to me. Uh, as many of you know, Chad was the um, founder of, and creator of the uh Polygrind Film Festival and he would always show these kinds of crazy you know independent films and uh he had become a big fan of Eric Stanzi. and so uh when his new movie came out um Chad was immediately like we should cover this we should we should talk about this it's going to be a really cool movie and I'm glad he did cuz it's it's pretty crazy um so yeah, in memory of this this movie, it's about a, uh, a woman who's diagnosed with a rare mental disease, and she volunteers for an experimental drug, um, and let's just say things get insane. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. Um, but as you'll hear in my conversation with Chad Clinton Freeman, uh, we get into some of the uh, puzzle pieces, and we just talk about independent film in general, and it's a really fun talk, and let's jump in. All right, so today on the show we have got back again, Chad Clinton Freeman. How you doing, Chad?
1: I'm doing great. Um, excited actually about this episode too, so this should be fun. I-
0: Right on, man. Right on. Yeah, we are today doing, uh, we haven't done a lot of these yet on the show, but this is like a real independent film. Um, This wasn't a movie that was out uh, in theaters, but it is out now on Blu-ray. And uh, this is a movie that you wanted to cover because you're a fan of The Filmmaker.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, a pretty big fan of uh, Eric Stanzi, uh, the director here. Um, This movie, it's total independent. The only place you can get it is actually on the website uh, of the filmmaker, uh, wickedpixel.com. Uh, that's the only place you can buy it. Uh, So Mm. you can't get it on demand or anything. You can't get it at Walmart. Uh, You have to go to that website to order it. So total, total independent movie. So when we say independent, we're not meaning, you know, uh, it played at Sundance. Uh, (laughs) I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, So, yeah, um, uh, so Eric Stanzi, though, uh, he's a filmmaker that uh, I would say makes Uh, horror art house films uh, and uh, uh, underground films. Um, And I first discovered him in the early 2000s. um, And actually there was a movie, uh, Ice from the Sun, uh, which is actually, it has a bit of a cult uh, following with it. Uh, and uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, but it's definitely a very different and interesting movie. Um, but then I saw the movie Scrapbook. And the movie Scrapbook is like one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. That's how I was just like, <laughs> wow it's like so when we say underground that's totally like the definition of an underground movie uh so um uh, i i have been a fan of eric's for for a long time and then also uh in a way uh, filmmakers uh, like him and and Shane Ryan, who's another uh, underground filmmaker, and um, uh, Giuseppe Andrews, uh, he's another underground filmmaker. Those are guys that really uh, inspired me to do uh, Polygrind uh, back in uh, uh, 2010. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I realized that there was these weird and different and unique movies out there. Um, and, uh, there were, you know, filmmakers that, uh, not a lot of people knew about and not even like horror fans knew about, uh, or, or fans of like independent cinema, uh, because again, it's, 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 you know, not stuff that you're going to find on Netflix or Amazon or whatever you have to have to still actually dig to find some of this stuff. So, um, when I did, uh, uh, have, Polygrind going on. I did actually uh, screen a couple of Eric's films. Uh, One of them was Ratline, which uh, I am a big fan of that movie. Uh, And uh, Ratline, um, I screened that uh, in actually the second year of Polygrind in 2011. And then later in 2013, it was actually when he was ramping up to do In Memory Of. Um, hmm. he, it was the 10 year anniversary of one of his earlier movies, uh, China White Serpentine. And I did an actual, um, a special, uh, underrated gem showcase 10 year anniversary, uh, for China White Serpentine. Uh, right. and so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, a, just a, a big fan of his. And so this one, it's been, I know since at least uh like i said 2013 he was ramping up to to make it and then i think he actually shot it in 2015 so i mean this has been a long time coming this movie uh and so whenever i saw that it was coming out on blu-ray i was like yes uh let's let's do a show on this uh so i am totally totally pumped about this uh because like i said uh i feel like that uh that eric is uh I, I actually said this before uh, one time when I was doing a, a radio show about uh, Polygrine promoting it. I think it was back when I did the uh, uh, show uh, Ratline at the festival. Uh, I, I said that he was one of the, the, the kings of underground, uh, and I, mm-hmm. I totally feel that way. I mean, he, he's a filmmaker who's been making underground movies for I think close to 25 years now, uh, and that's what he does. I mean, it's totally just he does these total – uh, passion projects that are whatever the hell he wants to do with them. I mean, he d- does like to push boundaries um, and really uh, just kind of, uh, I, I think he likes to kind of fuck with people's heads a bit. Uh, I, so, I would uh, say that's
0: probably an accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, uh, this, this one uh, is very much in line with uh, like a lot of his, uh, especially his, his, his more recent movies. Uh, especially Ratline, I see this one as a a good trilogy to watch with Ratline and with Deadwood Park, which came right before Ratline, uh, but it's very similar also to one of his early movies, Ice from the Sun, as well. Um, so it's a good introduction, though, for people that don't know who he is and the people that do know who Eric Stanzi is. This is a, a good just like uh, extension of kind of you can see the progress of, of, of where he's going as a filmmaker as well. Cause this is a very like grand kind of epic film for how small of a budget it is. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. Anyway.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I would say it's a, um, for the obviously small budget, it's a very ambitious movie and uh, you know, it, it kind of has a lot going on in it and it takes a lot of chances and all that kind of stuff. And I imagine that is kind of a thread that goes through a lot of, uh, you know, filmmakers that you would call underground filmmakers is that they take a lot of chances and try a lot of different kind of interesting and weird things along the way. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, we can go ahead and jump into puzzle pieces. There's a absolutely. bunch of other things that I could just kind of talk about along the way, but, um, I'm sure they'll come yeah. up as
0: we go. So yeah. Why don't we let you go ahead? <laughs> since, uh, I'm sure you'll probably end up with more puzzle pieces than me on this one, but I want to hear your first one. Let's, let's go with it.
1: Okay. Um So actually the, the there, there were three or four as I was watching that, that, that kind of kept coming into my mind. And so uh, the more I thought about it though, uh, I think that uh, this one was the, the, the most uh, uh, are, are the most predominant one. And for me that was Easy Rider. Um, okay. which Easy Rider is a movie that I absolutely love. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, and I felt, uh, very much in many ways, uh, that this one, um, that there was some inspiration there, uh, uh, to give a, a couple of small examples, but one, um, uh, not just the whole r- road trip aspect of it, uh, with the epic scenery, but, uh, specifically there's a, a 360 degree slow spinning camera scene in this where... They're in uh, like this hospital situation and um, it's uh, this group of people that they're finding out about this uh, disease that they have and there's some sort of experimental drug that they're gonna be giving to them as a treatment. And so the camera just slowly spins around the room and you see each person's face as they're telling the story about like uh, what this disease is and what's going on. And there's a scene actually in Easy Rider where they do that exact thing, the, 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 the circle around the room and you see all the faces. It's actually a, a scene where they're visiting a, a cult. Uh, it's early on in the movie, uh, an easy writer. I haven't actually watched in several years, even though I do love that movie, but yeah. that, that moment right there totally was just like, Oh my God, that's, that's an easy writer moment right there. Uh, and then also there, uh, the, one of the things that, that Eric does a lot in his movies is he does, um, uh, have, um, scenes that run down locations, uh, just like buildings that are decaying, uh, that sort of thing and just there's a moment later where uh, the the, um, the main character goes into this old rundown building and there's a TV in there. but just the way that was filmed and you saw like this old decaying building, uh, it very much reminded me also of moments in Easy Rider where they're just going around and they kind of stop at a location for a little break and they go and they're running around and it's like this old uh, decaying building. Um, and uh, I think not only visually, though, I think there's there's some parallels also into the story as to what's going on as well. Because uh, with uh, Easy Rider... That was a movie to me about America at the time. Of course, that was in the late '60s. I believe, I believe '68 or so. I think is when Easy Rider came out. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, uh, to me, it's a, it's a movie about longing for acceptance, and it's about searching America uh, to basically fit in somewhere and and to have peace of mind. So it's like they they're on this journey. Uh, in search of uh, basically their place they're in search for america uh, well, you know, well, i mean you know they're sure. they're, they're they're doing a, a big uh, drug score is what they're doing and they and they have yeah. money and they're they're going to mardi gras so they can party but but it's it's about like them searching for something and they're not really sure what it is. Uh, And is it, is it, is it money that they're looking for in life? Is it, is it drugs? Is it partying? What is the answer for anything? And then I think the, the whole uh, movie itself is just saying that acceptance is the answer and that's what everybody is wanting. And it was kind of like a, a, a collective uh, like a reflection of society at the time, and I think in mm. in many ways, I think this one is a, is a search for meaning, uh, and 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 it's a kind of a reflection of of, of society today as well. Um, and it, without even really going into that, I think that that's what it was saying, even if that wasn't the intent, because uh, so much history and culture. Uh, is dying, eroding, disappearing. Uh, There's the technology side of that that's wiping out, you know, a lot of uh, older um, just um, technology and community. Um, uh, You know, I mean, just a good example is just movies and just the way that people even consume movies now. It's not the same as it, it was. So I think in many ways this movie is uh, this woman's journey and she is um, there's so much that is like she's just confused about uh, she doesn't know what's going on everything everything is very fuzzy and she's kind of searching and she's trying to she's on this character she's not even exactly sure why she's on this journey we're not sure why she's on this journey okay. we don't really know what's going on neither does she. And she seems to think that there's this, this shiny and bright object that is important, um, which is this, uh, this uh, gold stopwatch, um, the, the old kind that you flip open and it's like, uh, I, what do you call those? Um, pocket watch. Sure, um, yeah. And so it, it's almost like she thinks that that's what is important. But then it turns out that that's not really what even... Is the important thing even in the movie, and she's kind of chasing this this shiny and bright object, and it's almost in an Alice in Wonderland kind of way, and she never actually gets the object physically either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's some there's some play there, uh, just as I was saying about like collectively America. And what you know, what are what are we collectively in search of, and what is it that's actually important? And in that way, I think that parallels what was going on with Easy Rider, uh, re- the reflection of the time then, uh, and this is kind of uh, a, a reflection of the time now. Uh, so again, like I said, uh, to me that was one of the big ones that just jumped out at me, and I I love Easy Rider, so I was like, oh, that, that, that's really cool. <laughs>
0: that was uh that was really interesting i i did not um like i did not get into it to that level to see something mm-hmm. quite as uh deep and like meaningful about uh you know about the meaning and about parallels to to anything specifically mine are as we'll get into my puzzle pieces you'll see there a lot more um visual and, and filmmaker related, right, right, uh, right. filmmaking related. But I found that like very fascinating the way that you drew that, that, um, that comparison to Easy Rider. That's, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to what you were just saying, uh, a little bit ago about those specific shots in Easy Rider that you felt, mm-hmm. uh, there were some comparisons to, my first puzzle piece is actually the evil dead. Uh, the, the first Ah. one. Yeah. Which, (laughs) um, you know, obviously there's the first person through the wood shot, but there were other shots too. Like the one you were just talking about, um, that shot is a, a similar thing happens in evil dead as well. Um, which was probably, I'm sure Raimi was, was, uh, influenced by easy rider. And so, you know, it all comes back around. Uh, right, right. But, uh, yeah no and and just like the the spirit of independent filmmaking of and of making something interesting and unique with so little um evil dead was absolutely the first thing that came to mind while watching the movie <laughs> right
1: yeah no and totally the, here's the thing the climax of this movie um uh, there were several things uh that that Came to mind when I was watching it, but Evil Dead Two is definitely one that kind of comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. How ape shit, you know, everything goes uh, sure, at yeah. the end of this movie. I wish I absolutely love the climax of this movie. Um, it, to me, the climax works so well that it just makes the the like the bulk of the the movie. To me, just so, so much better and the whole experience of it all, because uh, yeah. it's very much a slow it's a very much a slow burn kind of movie. It is. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden shit just goes insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I so what's funny is that I, I feel the, the there was some influence uh, Evil Dead wise with the, with that ending. Yeah. Um, uh, specifically for me, Evil Dead 2. Um, yeah, I would but, say definitely, uh,
0: definitely both. I would say really Sam Raimi in general, but uh, right, but but yeah, definitely Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 for sure. Um,
1: but what's funny is it, it, so because, and here's the thing because it, it is it is neat. Um, when we talk about influences and, and inspirations, and for the most part, a lot of times we don't know, uh, really where the director's coming from, and we're kind of, uh, you know, we're viewing it from our own eyes sure. and we see things in it that maybe they didn't even intend. Um, and uh, Which was neat because you, you did do the show uh, having the director of uh, Bus Party to Hell uh, mm. and we were right on some of them and then some of them we weren't and there were some that we didn't even see that he brought up. Yep. Um, but I, I did see a, uh, a, a quote that uh, Eric had did on the movie and I thought this was very interesting because uh, he does talk about, um, there there's a a, um a director's commentary on on the on the blu-ray which I did listen to and he does hit on some of these but uh he doesn't hit on every one of these uh that he mentions in this quote here so i was going to go ahead and read this quote uh, and i didn't catch any of these but um i totally see it once uh i i, I, I saw this quote uh okay. so this is what this is what he said though he said i love road trip films of the 70s like two lane blacktop Badlands, Scarecrow and Vanishing Point. I love off the beaten path, uh, fever dream films like that, what David Lynch has done. I love early David Cronenberg sci-fi body horror. I wanted to experiment with combining all of this. And the result was in memory of, uh, which I thought was interesting. Cause I, uh, like I hadn't even seen some of those, uh, road trip movies that he, he mentioned. I, uh, Badlands of course was just a classic, but, um, i would think probably nine times out of ten that all of those and in fact i think most road trip movies were probably inspired by easy rider in some way especially the especially the early ones uh because i mean it it has to be one of the first actual like cross-country type movies um and then also, I mean, you mentioned early Ramy, which uh, of course are like early uh, Cronenberg, which is different, but again, it's kind of in that same spirit of the um, the total like underground indie type of horror, uh, yes. really just kind of experimenting and, and going in whatever direction that, the, you know, they feel like and not feeling like that they have to Make it go into a certain box, which is exactly. what happens so many times when people make horror movies, um, yeah. which makes them, you know, not as interesting, not as fun. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, no, but definitely. Um, but you know, uh, the funny thing though is, it also sometimes with these. I mean, like uh, I. I was gonna wait till we do the episode and have Eric listen to it, but uh, I'm curious if Easy Rider was an influence or if that was just something that kind of leaked in without him yeah. even realizing because that happens as well. Uh, sure. and, and the same thing with Evil Dead. I think that kind of any anybody that's a fan of horror, I think Evil Dead's gonna leak in. you know yeah, what I mean? It uh, yeah, <laughs> it's to. one of those that's just such a such an influ- influential um, uh, was well, series of movies really.
0: Yeah. Um, I I almost didn't even bring it up because it's like, of course, you know what I mean? But, (laughs) but at the same time, I was immediately thinking evil dead when I was watching it. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to bring it up for sure. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, well, uh, my, my next puzzle piece is actually uh, another movie that uh, I, I, I'm a really, really big fan of. Uh, and I love it when I get to talk about movies that I'm a big fan of. I love it when a movie makes me think of other great movies. Uh, Memento. Um, cool. Because, you know, Memento is uh, one of those movies where the, the lead character is totally confused and doesn't know what's going on, and they're just kind of stumbling around. Uh, you've got that element of memory loss, which this one does. We hadn't talked much about what's going on with the movie, but, but basically you you have, a, a, a in this movie, a woman who uh, she is suffering um, from some type of disease where she is having memory loss at a very young age. Um, I think she's maybe early 20s. And um, then she goes to uh, this, some type of experimental uh, clinic uh, to get help with the disease. But something goes wrong, and she wakes up and basically it's a bloodbath, everybody's dead. And so then she's trying to figure out what the hell, why can't I remember anything and what the hell happened? And she is just, it's kind of like a murder mystery in a way, and also this, uh, just playing with the, uh, the, the memory loss. And that is very much in line with Memento, the exploration of memory and confusion, uh, and then also like the murder mystery to be solved. Um, so, um, uh, again, another movie that I, I love, uh, uh, like it's one of those very high up on my list of like all time movies. Uh, my very favorite, uh, Christopher uh, Nolan movie. Uh, and, uh, I hadn't seen it in years though, to draw, like, any specific parallels or to see if there were any actual like nods with scenes or anything like that. But, um, it was totally one that, that jumped out at me as a, uh, this is memento.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I think, I think that's a great, great one. I am surprised I hadn't thought of that while I was watching it. Cause yeah, Uh, I I mean, definitely. I, I, I see a hundred percent. The, uh, the, the, especially with like the, 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 the something going on with the brain and not knowing what it is and like you're kind of as lost as the character is and like you know definitely I, I think um I think Memento is a really good one uh, that's a really good puzzle piece um you know my my next puzzle piece actually is a movie that came out the same year as Memento uh, and that is Requiem for a Dream. Nice, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah.
1: Well, what's funny is I didn't put that down, but uh, mm. I, I don't know if you noticed, but the, the poster is in the background in one of the scenes. Did you notice yes. that? Okay.
0: I did notice that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. The, and I, I, I don't remember if I was already thinking it when I saw the poster or if I saw the poster and then thought it, but I mean, yeah. I mean, you got these, these people that are just at, you know, just... <laughs> they're just falling apart, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and so, I mean, it, that's a pretty clear. And, and, and then uh, another thing, aside from the characters, um, and this kind of goes along with what I was just saying about Sam Raimi with my first puzzle piece, um, Aronofsky's early movies, I think, are another example of that just anything goes like underground, like balls to the wall kind of filmmaking, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're just crazy movies that are like so far removed from the mainstream really. Um, And, you know, of course, Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream is, you know, a a little more well-known than some, you know, things that are in that category, but still it's, it's a pretty tough movie for most people and i think that this also has no uh i i don't think the filmmaker is worried at all about it being a tough movie for people right He's right making an un- uncompromising vision you know
1: and, and and then specifically requiem too also the, just this the scene that's very very sleazy with uh uh, the boyfriend he's he's videotaping her um, yes, with yes. the uh, with the with the guy who's paying to have sex with her and uh, mm. you've got the like the manager in the corner watching and the other girl watching and then she um like stabs him as he ejaculates and you actually <laughs> see the, the ejaculate come out at the same time as the blood
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> So
1: yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, uh, definitely, uh, <laughs> some, some, uh, some, uh, a, a nod I felt to that Requiem scene, which of course we, we talked about in another, uh, episode already, which I thought was, uh, uh interesting, uh, which I didn't even put it on it on my list. Um, uh-huh. because like I said, we, we did talk about it for, uh, just a couple of episodes before, uh, but I, I remember seeing the poster, and then later when that <laughs> scene happened, uh, when uh, when she, she stabbed the guy, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely uh, in, inspired from that.
0: <laughs> it's so. funny. This is the, this is only the second like really independent film that we've done on Piecing It Together, and both of them have had Evil Dead and Requiem for a Dream as puzzle <laughs> pieces.
1: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I think there's well, a trend... It,
1: well, well, the other funny thing there too is that it, it, this is like at least the third or maybe the fourth episode where I mentioned a Peter Fonda movie.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, the, the, those those three things there. I think the, maybe maybe they influenced yeah. <laughs> more than we uh, ever realized before.
0: <laughs> um, so what would your next puzzle piece be?
1: Okay. so uh, So high tension – um the um yeah. early 2000s uh alessandre aja movie um uh and actually, I, hadn't, I,
0: I hadn't thought of that at all by the way and as soon as the words came out <laughs> of your mouth i was like yes yes." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah because high tension is one that i i love a lot too and i know a lot of people they give that movie crap because uh mm-hmm. people hate that uh like they feel that the movie cheats them in a way because um, of this twist, but for me that movie totally works and the twist works. But uh, you know, I I kind of feel like that the the lead actress in uh, in this movie, Jackie Kelly, she kind of even looks like the the lead actress um, from High Tension. You know, she has the yeah. short pixie uh, blonde hair. Uh, which the interesting thing though about uh jackie kelly is that this is actually uh the first feature that she's ever been in um and um, a funny thing is that she actually uh i think she just had finished film school or maybe she's still in film school but she was a fan of eric's and she actually uh contacted and said hey I really love your movies. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna work on one of your movies. Whatever your next project is, let me know. I'll be there. I'll serve coffee. I'll do whatever you know. I'll be a runner. I just want to be a part of it. I want to help. And so they actually um, ended up meeting with Jackie and um they just like hit it off with her uh this would be eric and uh jason christ which he's the the other star of this movie uh who was also the producer uh and actually um jackie eric and jason actually wrote the movie uh, so she started out as somebody that was just going to volunteer to work on whatever project nice. they had going on and she actually ended up helping write the script uh and then uh they were like okay well we're gonna produce it so they wrote it they're gonna produce it and then um they weren't even thinking that she was actually gonna be in the movie uh, and then at some point it just clicked with Eric and he's like you know what you should star in this uh, and at first she was like oh I don't know if I want to do that there's a little bit too much but um she then okay. ended up taking the part and I just like I, just, I think she's perfect for it uh, and again like I said i I, I feel like uh, her look uh, it it kind of nods to t- to high tension um, not only though does, is there that, that nod to it, but also of course, eye tension, um, is dealing with some sort of, you know, mental disorder of some kind. Uh, obviously sure. there's yes. lots of hallucinations and things of that nature. And you're dealing with a, uh, very, uh, you know, off balance person who is actually a, uh, you know homicidal maniac. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> you've got those, those same uh, parallels going on here uh, with this movie. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, High Tension, another movie I, I love, love, love. Uh, and uh, again, uh, you know, Memento and High Tension also, uh, they're not necessarily uh, road trip movies, but they also have a lot of, you know, being in a car type, situations to them you know mm-hmm. um so i think that was another thing that that really made me think of both of those movies as well uh because this movie i mean i would say at least you know um well the whole movie she's basically in the car going somewhere and it's kind of going place to place it's not that she's actually in the car the whole time but she is you know uh being in the car is a huge piece of the movie so sure
0: sure all right on you know I, I was just thinking that uh I, I need to try as a as you know a music composer for film i i need to try the whole uh i'll make coffee line so gigs. <laughs> right That's a good, it's a good uh, yeah it's a, it's a good strategy um <laughs> yeah
1: that's the thing i don't i don't i don't think anybody can uh contact eric Stanzi and say hey i want to make coffee on your movies i want to deliver you coffee and i don't think that means they're going to star in his next movie but sure you know sometimes (laughs) sometimes you know uh, magical things happen
0: yes sometimes you never (laughs) never know (laughs) so uh my my next puzzle piece now I got to preface this one by saying I could be totally wrong on this one because I haven't seen this movie in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I barely remember this movie. But my very broken memory of the movie made me think of it. And maybe I'm right. I I have a feeling you'll be able to tell me whether I'm right here. Uh, But The Devil's Rejects. Hmm. No, that's interesting. I I mean, I just, uh, the road trip aspect, the- Right, right the 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 horror aspect, the violence, mm-hmm. the the over the topness, the you know ju- no the, no the, no no med- I, debased, I, I totally
1: I totally you know? get that I totally get that yeah um so well what's funny because I mean Devil's Rejects uh, was definitely around the same time I think of High Tension, and then also mm-hmm. one of the ones that I was thinking of was actually Saw, and I they were mm-hmm. all three around that same time. So I think it definitely that early two thousands, uh, like Lionsgate horror, um, when Lionsgate was really putting out like some really cool, you know, um, yes. edgy type of R rated uh, horror movies. Uh, so no, yeah. I totally see that. Uh, I, it wasn't one that, that came to mind with me either. Uh, I think there's also that that's the, with, uh, you know, Devil's Rejects and if, if Rob Zombie, he, he loves to play with this because obviously um, uh, it's his wife, uh, uh, Sherry Lee uh, Zombie, uh, and, and he loves to play with that whole aspect of, like, Beauty and the Beast as within one person. And I think this mm. one kind of toys with that aspect as well. Uh, and so that's another element, though, that uh, totally uh, falls in line with, with Devil's Rejects. Uh, now, the difference would be, well, now that you think of it, though, now that you mentioned that, House of a Thousand Corpses, mm-hmm. the way that it opens, the opening credits of it, uh, and I didn't even think of this at the time— um, is, a, is a lot, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, a lot kind of like the opening credits of this. Very music video with a lot of different weird shit going on and clips of different things. Um, this movie is very music video in, in some aspects, uh, and especially mm-hmm. like the opening credits, which is funny because I, I remember when you first watched it, and yeah, I guess it was as you was watching it, you texted me. You said, hey, opening credits remind me of a music video of mine."
0: Yeah, <laughs> this is a music by David Rosen video.
1: <laughs> so, no, yeah, um, I could totally see a Devil's Rejects uh, uh, nod there. Uh, mm. Definitely the, the spirit of those early uh, Lionsgate. Was it wasn't there a name like Twisted something that they called those? I think there was kind of like an offshoot label that Lionsgate had.
0: Oh, I think um, you're right. I can't remember the yeah, name. Yeah I, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, logo. Yeah, but I,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. With the little uh, like uh, like uh, railroad uh, spikes and like yeah. barbed wire twisting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, they yeah, they were putting out good, good like horror movies, uh, fun horror movies uh, in the early two thousands like yeah. maybe 2004, 2000, 2003, 2005, and around in that area. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so my next puzzle piece, which I actually, um, I mentioned it, and I, I think actually there's several kind of in the same vein that I'll kind of hit on here. But um, uh, Carnival of Souls, uh, 1962 um, movie. Uh, it's kind of... um it's one of those movies that's kind of overlooked by a lot of people. Uh, it's a, it's a very surreal black and white movie. Uh, and that movie, the, the, the main uh, actress, uh, she, uh, and this is actually a public domain movie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> she uh, gets into a car crash and everybody dies except for her. Uh, like they go off a bridge and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, she gets up out of it and, and like goes on with her life and the movie follows her and all of this weird stuff just happens to her and sh- these weird people follow her and stuff. And like, uh, there's a scene early on too where she's driving, which is funny because she actually, I don't remember where the movie starts out, but I, I did rewatch carnival of souls after watching in memory of, cause it did remind me of it. Uh, but, uh, in carnival of souls, At the beginning, she drives to Utah, which in this movie, Utah is where uh, the character ends up going. Uh, She starts out in... um I believe Missouri and then, cause that's where they're based. And then, uh, drives through like Illinois, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona ends up in Utah. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was interesting that the character, uh, was she, she is blonde, but she has long hair in Carnival Souls. Uh, but it's just very, what really reminded me of that movie was just the whole surreal aspect of this movie. It's a very surreal movie. It's a very like dreamy kind of movie of, you don't really know what's real, what's not, what's really happening. And then when it's over, you don't really know either. I don't feel like, I feel like the whole thing's just kind of like a dream, which also kind of reminded me in many ways too of, uh, like old episodes of the twilight zone and tells from the dark side. Uh, and specifically like the black and white scenes, there's these, you know, black and white scenes that pop up throughout the movie that are very dreamy and just very, just like, and they have even like a tells from the dark side kind of, uh, soundtrack going on with them too. Um, and then also at the same time, uh, psycho, I was reminded of psycho in that aspect as well. Cause again, in psycho, yeah. Um she starts out and she's in the car and she's escaping where she is and she ends up at the at the motel. But um not only that, this has a shower scene as well. Uh right, it's yeah. a little bit different than uh, Psycho, but there is a close up like shot of of her face and the terror on her face that kind of felt reminiscent of Psycho. Um uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, those those four though that I just mentioned: Carnival, Souls, Twilight Zone, Tales from the Dark Side, Psycho. They just to me kind of uh, kind of blended together. But I definitely felt uh, like uh, a puzzle piece there from uh, from all of them in some sort of way.
0: Absolutely, no, th- those I, and I, I agree with all of those. Like it's a it's a great list of things that leads it's really something we've been talking about this whole time which is um like basically just like really imaginative creative horror filmmaking right right yeah no absolutely uh my next puzzle piece is actually something i i could have stopped you earlier and brought up but i figured i'd wait until it was okay. my turn and bring bring it up uh but you had you had touched on music videos and i specifically was going to say the 9-inch nails closer music video uh, um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which you know it's got lots of weird cutaways to like weird shit happening like bugs crawling around and like naked people and broken lamps and like right, this right. is also the, the this is the the music by David Rosen aspect of of that that uh that part of that conversation on music videos but uh but yeah absolutely the the 90s closer was the most specific uh, I fell as far as a music video influencing this movie, uh, and, and it's it's so influential to me as well with the, right, right. with what I try to put together with my videos. You know, such a good video, <laughs> and, and, and so, so so much weird shit. You know, just so much cool weird shit, and they they really do like a lot of cutaways and like also a lot of like an- another aspect too of that is um there. And I, I could be wrong about this, but I felt like there were a lot of times where, like, little bits and pieces were being almost reused, possibly maybe in different ways, like where the footage was being shown again, but like different. I don't know. It, it just it, in the midst of all that madness, it seemed that way. I could be oh, wrong. No, no,
1: no, that, to- but... to- totally. The there, there, there is some of that. There's um, and actually, there's um, the one, the one, like scene is shown I think like four times and it's like a little okay. bit different each time that it is shown um yeah and it's like um well you've got the the, the black and white part where she's walking through the the woods naked and you've got mm. um the guy who's uh, like he he's burying the dead people uh, and so mm. you see that scene, um, I think four times because each one of the characters we see them basically be buried, and then it it it, it changes at the very end with her. Um, but yeah, and, and then there are smaller p- bits and pieces too that I do believe are also shown over and over in that same aspect. Again, it's playing with that whole that that whole element of like. Um, Confusion and, and memory, yes. like like not really sure what happened or what's happening or or remember remembering things wrong, uh, kind of playing with that whole aspect of it. I think, yeah,
0: uh, it's it's mirroring the uh, the visions of like a mind that's deteriorating, right? And uh, and and it's it looks really cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. and But yeah, definitely there's that whole like uh, music uh, video kind of vibe to that, uh, which yeah. again, I, I think overall this one, uh, it, it has that in a lot of ways, which I, I mean, very much that's kind of uh, something that uh, Eric does with his movies quite a bit, actually, uh, a music yeah. video kind of uh, quality. So, uh, which brings me to, though, uh, uh, one that I had thought of, which was very, um, one of the, I feel, very early, you know, mainstream um, music video kind of movies, uh, and that was uh, Natural Born Killers, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, I think is very influential in, in many ways to lots and lots and lots of music videos, because it's essentially like a music video cartoon Fucked up like sure. Jerry Springer show or something, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, Natural Born Killers is such a such a total classic. But the thing though, Eden, that really reminded me though of Natural Born Killers was the um, was the scene that she's watching on TV, uh, which was kind of this very Jerry Springer kind of vibe of a very over the top with one of the characters who was watching uh, Jerry Springer, not Jerry Springer, but a show like Jerry right. Springer, and they were talking about him, what was like a preacher, and they were talking about the, uh, the pocket watch. Uh, but anyway, that part, and then also just the whole music video aspect as well. Uh, but uh, I actually only have, uh, I have two more that I was gonna mention as far as like puzzle pieces, and they weren't really like full blown puzzle pieces, but uh, so Rosemary's Baby. Now, two okay. reasons: one, the whole the whole just look of the main character again, the whole just uh, young innocent pixie blonde hair, uh, you know, lead of the film, and then also the fact that that was such a slow burn kind of horror movie you know kind of a very slow building movie that then after it was over you were just like what the fuck yeah yeah (laughs) and this one of course this one totally explodes in a very uh underground almost uh greg lamberson evil dead kind of way uh that that one doesn't But, uh, it definitely has that, uh, that, that build to it, uh, like that movie.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That, that slow build is definitely something that, uh, this movie is, you know, this movie is a slow, a slow burn to a, what the fuck ending for sure. A little bit, a little bit different (laughs) of a what the fuck ending, but still what the fuck. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so my last puzzle piece is, uh, Honestly, this one's kind of a cop out a little bit, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I still felt it was uh, appropriate to to mention. But it's uh, whatever American horror story is inspired by. Uh, so, which is basically everything we've been talking about and a million more things too. Um, right, But American Horror Story, obviously being a uh, anthology series, there's just so much happening every season to just say American Horror Story wouldn't be accurate. Uh, so it, it's more about, um, uh, about all the different kinds of the, the rich history of horror and odd stuff that's been, you know, put to film, uh, over all the decades. And that's and, more what I'm talking about.
1: Well, and also though, the current just climate of America as well. Um, sure. and that was kind of what I was hitting on, uh, at the, at the beginning when I was talking about the kind of the parallel to easy rider as well, mm-hmm. because the American horror story is very much I- I- in tune with what's going on and the, like, uh, the, the, the whole uh, like masses as to like, you know, uh, just, you know, the confusion of where the country is going, you know what I mean? And, and, and those, that, that side of it as well. Um, So, I mean, I totally see that as well. I totally see American horror story. So, uh, I think that's a that that's actually a really good one, uh, totally because the American horror story uh, is ha- a- again influenced by so many things of that are horror related from the past, and then also just like I said, the the whole just climate of the country, uh, especially um, the whole the whole thing. Like I was saying, just the the kind of the confusion, um, or at least what I was trying to to get at was the confusion of. America, uh, and the country as to where we're headed and what's going on, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what this movie kind of taps into with that, uh, just kind of, uh, fear and anxiety, uh, that American h- horror story, especially the, the past several seasons has really yeah. uh, been in tune with.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been tapping into, uh, what's happening currently uh, a lot more recently and yeah definitely this movie does do that as well right um, so uh you had uh one more
1: i had one more and actually it's actually a a cop out and that's funny because when you said cop out i thought you were gonna say this one
0: <laughs> oh really because
1: <laughs> because i don't really feel it's a it was an influence or anything in a way anyway but I felt like it was a good one to bring up into the discussion of this movie, and that's uh, Annihilation, uh, which was actually the first mm. episode that we did. I feel yeah. that that movie and the way that movie operates is a lot like the way this movie operates. Um, this one, I think, more so lets the audience... Because I, I felt like we were supposed to know what happened uh, in a way... Uh, I don't think it was supposed to be a shock or a twist at the end when things go apeshit. I think we were kind of supposed to know that she, you know, killed all the people, or at least that's what I thought from the get-go. Right. I thought that she killed everybody and she has just forgotten it and that the movie was going to be her traveling along until she finally remembered what she did. Um, And so uh, to to me, though, the way that that movie – toyed with you and also how it was more of a movie that kind of totally art film that it is open to whatever you want to say it's about. Uh, yes, no, yes, no director statement guiding you to say, here's what the movie's about. It's just kind of really, uh, uh, you know, weird shit happens and you just go along for the ride and, you know, make of it what you want to make of it. <laughs> yeah. So, along the the same rides along the same lines of mother had mother not had the whole push by the director to let us know what it's about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, and you know, obviously with Rosemary's baby that you brought up earlier, you know, you got that as well, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, right. right. uh, Definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a cool one. And, uh, and, and a good one, I think to close the list on, um, Because that, yeah, that really says it right there. And so I think I'm going to do the finished puzzle here. Um, And we have got quite a few here to talk about. So let's see. We have got uh, Evil Dead and Sam Raimi's films. Uh, We've got Easy Rider, Memento, High Tension, Saw. We've got The Devil's Rejects, uh, Requiem for a Dream, uh, Carnival of Souls, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, Twilight Zone, Psycho, Natural Born Killers, uh, music videos, especially Nine Inch Nails' "Closer," um, whatever American horror story was inspired by, uh, Rosemary's Baby, and Annihilation. So that is, that is list. our yeah, that's <laughs> our finished puzzle list. A lot of very creative, uh, independent horror. a a lot of unique visions and I mean Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly why you like a filmmaker like this and why you brought this this movie to the show and why you wanted to cover something like this.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the type of filmmakers that I, I, I really admire and really like are the ones that are, are basically doing their own thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, not really going into the trends. And we, we hit on a number of them with that list there. Um, obviously uh, I, I, I didn't even uh, bring it up, but it, you know, I mentioned natural born killers, but also at the same time of natural born killers, the same, same vein as that U turn, uh, you know Oliver Stone, he uh mm-hmm. was kind of doing those weird. Um, I don't know. I see those movies very much, kind of as a as a good pairing together. And I think this one I could pull comparisons to U Turn just as much as uh, Natural Born Killers. Uh,
0: sure.
1: Obviously, the the setting of this one because you you do have a lot of the the beautiful like desert scenery and things of that nature. Um. So. Um, But no, yeah, I mean, uh, artistic uh, creators basically doing whatever the hell that they want and making a movie uh, because they uh, have a vision as opposed to trying to check off something on a list and make a movie that's going to fit in a certain box that people are going to want to see because it meets all of those things in that box. So, uh, no, definitely
0: yeah, you know, i'm I'm glad you brought this um this movie to the show because uh, as you know, I don't get to watch a lot of movies at home. So since most of what I see is in the theater, I don't really get to see these kind of strange independent films very often, you know, especially since you haven't been doing polygrind. And so, you know, it's 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 cool to uh, to, you know, check back in on this kind of a film again and see this kind of a thing. Uh, It's so different and unique and uh, and really crazy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know well, that's the thing i, I don't even know, know if we really hit on that too much of course we can kind of talk about what what we we liked and whatever about it but uh yeah i mean that's the thing for for people that aren't familiar with uh, eric's movies uh blood uh nudity sex uh all of those things he he, he loves the push to envelope with all of those things uh, and you get plenty of that here uh male and female nudity Um, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of great gore. Uh, it, uh, it's it's kind of a, kind of a, a bit of a long movie. Uh, to me, this was yeah. uh, the could could be trimmed down some, uh, but overall, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I think that uh, the uh, climax of this movie is absolutely fabulous. I love, love, love the end of this movie. It is so, mm. so good. I've watched it a number of times just because I just love it so much. Um, I mean, it goes. So apeshit. It's where you wish... It's kind of... Because I brought up Saw. It, it's kind of how you wish the Saw movies ended. Like, kind of <laughs> how, where you went. wish that they went. Like, you wish that they uh, basically just everybody getting slaughtered and blood everywhere. Uh, so I, (laughs) I totally, totally just love give the people what they want. (laughs) (laughs) And, and total, just like bashing somebody's head in until the head's not there anymore, which we didn't mention, uh, that, that was kind of, uh, I felt kind of a nod in a way to, uh, um, what was the one I was thinking? Drive. Uh, there's the oh, scene yeah, in the yeah. elevator, <laughs> and um, and then the other movie, uh, Irreversible. Uh, there's mm, a scene yeah. kind of like that as well. So uh, yeah, uh, it, it totally, uh, totally. That's the thing is if if anybody is watching the movie and they feel it's a little slow, well the the, the climax definitely pays off. <laughs> It's totally <laughs> totally worth the wait, uh, at least for me. I I, I totally just loved it, uh, and again, I, I thought the the acting on this was pretty good. Uh, for low budget as it is, um, Jackie Kelly in her first her first film, I thought she was really great. She carries the movie, and then uh, Jason Christ, which he's the basically the uh the the guy Simon who's telling her what to do, uh, where to go. Uh, he, uh, Jason, uh, he's, he's been in many of, uh, Eric's movies and collaborated, uh, with him as a producer and whatnot, but, uh, I felt like this was his strongest, uh, performance. I definitely see, like, uh, uh, he, I think he, he, this was a nice fit for him, and then also at the same time, I think he's, uh, getting better as an actor, uh, mm. But uh, a couple of interesting things uh, I wanted to mention as far as the actors, uh, actually, uh, Adam Albrandt, uh, he's the sleazy boyfriend. Um, okay. He actually was uh, the director of a couple of movies uh, that I showed at Polygrind uh, called Crossbearer in the Cemetery, uh, which were also very cool, uh, like dark, bloody underground movies uh, that if, uh, people listening hadn't seen, they need to check out. Uh, and Adam was kind of a, like me. He, he was a big fan of Eric's and it was like a, like a big, big honor for him to actually work with him as an actor. And I didn't even know that Adam acted. I just thought he was a director himself, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then also, um, Emily Hack, uh, she's in the movie, which she's, uh, one of the actresses that, uh, uh eric works with quite a bit uh she's the one from uh the movie scrapbook which i mentioned at the very beginning one of the most disturbing movies i've ever seen uh and uh he eric works with a lot of the same actors a lot of the the the, the other people have been in a lot of his other movies as well but then also um uh, Katie uh, Groshong, uh, she's in this. Uh, she has a small part in the the scene that I talked about with the uh, rotating camera. Uh, she's one of the, like, mm. the uh, scientists. But uh, she was in a movie called uh, Measure of the Sin, which I played at uh, Polygrind uh, as well, uh, which was a very cool uh, indie movie about a, a a weird, like, cult kind of uh, family like kind of it has kind of like a, a vibe of the village. it's kind of in the middle of nowhere kind of deal. Um, but anyway again very very cool just bunch of like uh, creative uh, people involved with this project which I thought was really cool. Um, and uh, the the blu-ray comes actually with a 93 minute uh, making of documentary. Uh, which I thought was uh, awesome as well. Uh, it goes through the whole That's process of making of the movie. Uh, it talks about how uh, Jackie got involved with the project and how that uh, you know, came about, that she ended up playing the part. Uh, but again, for, for somebody that their first feature film, very, very brave, uh, I feel, uh, performance by her. I mean, she basically... Uh, you know fully nude multiple times sleazy sex sure, scene yeah. there's lots and lots of uh you know i would say uh kind of uh, hard moments especially for a an actress that uh, hasn't uh, been doing um movies uh, so anyway
0: by the way i think i'm facebook friends with katie grishon uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably so yeah she was in, oh, she yeah, was at yeah. she was she was at she was at polygrine so she you may have met her she was there like for yeah like several several days so yeah nice no she's cool right
0: on so would this uh would this movie have played Polygrind? you think this oh, year oh
1: definitely 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 had, <laughs> had i had, had Polygrind this year this and uh uh, totally different movie, but uh, you know, uh, Bus Party to Hell, they totally both would have been playing <laughs> nice. So, awesome. so, no, yeah, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, definitely experimental, uh, art house, uh, underground, uh, you know, those all are good, uh, ways to uh, term this movie, uh, so yeah, uh, I, you know, very for uh, as low budget as it is, too, um, uh, I thought it was really cool of the scope of this with uh, because, you know, uh, uh, Eric and Jason and um, Jackie, they actually got in the car and drove the route that the uh, character in the movie drives. And they filmed (laughs) uh, through all of the states. uh, And so that must uh, have been a
0: mind trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So uh, that I think was really, really cool because, you know, um, most uh, small movies like this, if they're going to be actually uh, saying that, uh, you know, they're in this state or that state. They're not actually going to be in those states. But in this case, you do actually uh, get to see shots from all those different states. And you get to see a lot of, you know, great uh, road trip uh, scenery, uh, which, again, has that like easy rider kind of uh, feeling to it.
0: No, that's cool. That's cool. Very, very, uh, yeah, very huge scope to the movie, which which for a small independent uh, feature really stands out. Right. Well, right on. Uh, I think that uh, I I think that was a really cool movie for us to to do. And uh, thanks again for bringing it to the show. And any uh, any last words or anything you want to plug or anything before we close it up?
1: Oh no no no! I'm good. (laughs) But if anybody listening, if they if they've never seen any of Eric's movies, they need to run out. Well, they can't actually run out and get them anywhere. They need to log on and (laughs) uh, order them. (laughs) (laughs) Log on.
0: <laughs> they need to go to uh,
1: to the to the Wicked uh, Pixel uh, website and actually uh, get their hands on some of his movies. Because uh, yeah, he's a v- very very good. Uh, like I said, he, he's one of the underground kings uh, uh, of our modern day uh, filmmaking.
0: So hustle, fight, grind. <laughs> yep.
1: Geeks and geekheads, I'm Steve Megatron, and if you're looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of geeky topics, then check out Altered Geek. Altered Geek covers superheroes, Star Trek, pop culture, comics, film, television, animation, gaming, tech, and more. So check out Altered Geek and get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Blog Talk Radio, and the GeekCast Radio Network.
0: All right, so I hope you enjoyed that episode of piecing it together. In memory of, it's a really cool movie. Um, check it out. You you have to order this one. It's on, uh, on Blu-ray. You will not find it anywhere else. Um, but definitely seek that movie out because it is a cool movie. It's a crazy movie. You should definitely check it out. Um, And hopefully you've actually already seen the movie and came here to listen to our conversation about it. That would be awesome. So anyway, uh, as always, I want to just remind you guys, please be subscribed to the show. Um, You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, Spotify, Google Play, um, pretty much anywhere the podcasts are available. And also join us on that Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. And follow us on social media, at PiecingPod. That's going to be it for this episode, but we will be back really soon with another one, really quick. So I'm just going to leave you now with uh, one of my pieces of music here. I'm going to find a a weird one to go with this crazy movie. And uh, yeah. Hope you enjoy the music, hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll talk to you soon.